that's a, a graveyard for missionaries. You know, many have gone, many have left, absolutely. In fact, Brother Lieb, he said uh, when he went out there, there was four of them, Bible leaders, what we'd call, and uh, now there's just him. And then when I was going out there in March, he said, you know what, um, yeah, I just got a call. There's uh, three other missionaries coming, and, and uh, he said, no, they're not coming. And so I, I don't know what the deal is, but this is what the Lord gave me, and it's not the message or nothing, but um, he's, he, uh, he gave me Act, uh, Acts chapter 17 when Paul was in Athens. And, you know, he was waiting for uh, Timotheus and Silas, and, uh, you know, he, he saw a city that was given, wholly given to idolatry. And when, that, when he saw that, it stirred him. And so he just began to preach Christ and, and the resurrection. And there were some men there that thought he was a babbler, and so they took him to another man called Areopagus. And Areopagus was, was interested, and he said, you know, tell us what you're talking about before you bring strange things to our ears. And the Lord reminded me, he said, you know what, you're going to be bringing strange things to, uh, to Italy and, and their ears. Because they, all they've heard now is, is you know, they've, they've got to keep the seven sacraments and, and they, you know, just baptize in the Catholic Church and you're in and the Pope, you know. As long as he's led by the Holy Spirit, he is infallible. That's what they believe, uh, that he's perfect and everything else. And, um, and so the Lord, again, we're taking strange things. Again, you saw in that, that money box, that money box, folks, they're not tithing to their local church. Uh, they're paying uh, for themselves, put, building a credit system, or a loved one that's in purgatory. That's what they're doing. I've got some holy water back on that table there, and, and it's from a, one of the mountains up there. And uh, you can drive up there, but they've also got um, uh, cobblestone pathways, and it's not uncommon that you won't find them on their knees going up there. Again, doing penance and self-affliction and all that thing. Again, it's a works salvation trying to lessen their time in a purgatory and everything else. So, you know what, for me to tell them that it's Christ and Christ alone and through his blood and his blood alone, uh, that's a strange thing. Uh, see, they believe Mary is the final dispenser of all grace. In fact, in one of their pictures, uh, in their catechisms, they got Christ on a cross, and he's crucified, and he's bleeding, and he's bleeding out his side, and there's a priest holding a chalice, and the blood's overflowing, and, and it's falling into a woman's hands, and it's Mary. And see, the blood is not overflowing her hands, it's flowing through her hands. And she's dispensing it on all the people. So they, they believe that she's the final dispenser. In fact, they got another picture that says, uh, uh, Jesus Christ has not said no to his mother for 2,000 years. So what would you have her ask him? Folks, that's a strange thing that I got to tell them. No, no, no. There's only, there's only one man. The, the mediator between man and God, that's Christ Jesus. And it's him and him. So again, strange things. Further on in that chapter, chapter 17, uh, as, as Paul preached one resurrected and all that, they began to mock him, mock him. And, uh, and they said, yeah, yeah, we'll hear you of this again and everything else. And uh, again, we're expecting that. We're expecting that. Catholic priests have done it to, to Brother Lieb and, and everything else. They just mock. They get nasty and, you know, calling them devils and, and everything else. So we're, we're, we're going to have to go through that. But, you know, here's what the Lord showed me, and, and, the, and the hope is in verse number 34. And when, when Paul was leaving, it said, How be it some men clave unto him and believed. So that's what we believe is going to happen. We're going to believe that, you know, through it all, some men are going to believe or cleave and believe. And that's what, if it's one, it's one. It'll be worth it all. And uh, the Lord also gave me uh, uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 27, 18, I think it is. Whoso keepeth the fig tree shall eat the fruit thereof. And thinking, I studied that little thing out, and you know, a fig tree won't bear fruit for at least three to five years. Now, I'm not saying it's going to take that long. It could. It's going to be, it's going to be a process. Uh, but you know, if you're faithful at it, uh, you'll eat the fruit. See, we're not responsible for the fruit. God is. God's responsible for the fruit. We're just going to go there and have our hands 
taped, stapled, glued to the plow, whatever we need to do, and just be faithful. And so, we're, again, we're thankful that we get to tag up the leaves. Again, we can help them focus on the language and uh, because so many have gone there and they put the language on the back burner and they thought, well, you know what, we're going to start a, an English work. It doesn't work. It doesn't work. And then they, they burn out, they get frustrated and tired, and then they leave. And you know, one of that verse is why it stuck there, Isaiah 56, is because that day, Brother Lee said, you know what, when those uh, other preachers left, <coughs> their people asked them and said, well, <clears throat> what about us? What about us? Their response was, go find yourself a good Pentecostal church to go to. Folks, that's a shame. That's embarrassing. That, that Baptist preachers left them with that. And uh, so anyway, you know what, I'm not judging anybody anyway. I don't know the situations, but again, I know what we're doing. We, we get to tag up because uh, Ecclesiastes 4.9 says, you know, two are better than one. And you know what, when fall, one gets weary, one gets tired, you know what, that other one will pick them up and we can encourage each other. And isn't that like in a marriage? You know, one spouse will get down and dumps a little bit, but you know, the other one will help and pick them up again. Two are better than one. And uh, so anyway, that's what we're doing. God is good all the time. And if you turn into your Bibles, we'll get into a bit of a message here. Um, just as fast as he was playing the piano, I I'm going to rip through this thing as well. So um, I was just out of church one time, and the pastor said, he, he, uh, he said, he looked over to his deacon, he said, did you even understand him? He's like, oh, yeah, because I guess he speaks fast. But anyway, so I had to drop the hammer there. But Luke chapter 5, Luke chapter 5, and if you are physically able to stand, I got lots of echo here, I, I don't know. Uh, but anyway, as long as it's not echoey to we, you guys. Luke chapter 5, again, if you're physically able, we'll honor uh, the Lord as we read His Word. Luke chapter 5, uh, I'll read in uh, verse number 1. We're going to go down to verse number 6. We'll, we'll talk to the Lord in prayer, and, uh, and then we'll get into it. So uh, Luke chapter 5, verse number 1. And it came to pass that as the people pressed upon him uh, to hear the word of God, uh, he stood by the lake of Genesaret, and he saw two ships standing by the lake. Uh, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing their nets. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he was thrust a little from the land. And he sat down and he taught the people out of the ship. Now when he had left speaking, uh, he said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all the night and we have taken nothing. Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the net. And when they had this done, they enclosed a great multitude of fishes uh, and their net break. Let's pray. God, we, uh, we rejoice in the day, uh, a beautiful day that you've given us. Again, I thank you for the faithfulness uh, of these dear people coming out on a Sunday evening. I pray you bless them. Again, I pray that you bless all that's said and done here. May you be well pleased, and may we go away and saying that it was good to be in the house of the Lord. And, and again, Lord, uh, we just pray for Sicily. Uh, Lord, they need the gospel. They need faithful people to go and to stick it out. Uh, it seems that the Muslims are faithful. Uh, it seems that the JWs and the Mormons and the Pentecost, it seems that they're all faithful. But what is the deal uh, with us? Again, help us. Bless the, the leaves and the other men that are laboring there with their families. And it's a tough field, we know. Uh, but Lord, you're responsible for the rewards. We'll just tr trust you with it. But again, now just bless our remaining time here. Again, thank you for the opportunity to preach your word in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you. You can be seated. And I thank your pastor for having me in. Um, you know, that's what it's all about, is getting into churches. And it's not easy getting into churches. I phoned one afternoon, one, uh, 60 churches in an afternoon. I didn't get one pastor, didn't get a secretary, didn't get nothing. All I got was answering machines. And it's frustrating. I am looking forward to the day when I don't have to pick up a phone uh, hello, preacher. Uh, my name is Rob Craig, and I'm a missionary with Word for the World Baptist Ministries, and uh, we're heading to Sicily, Italy, and I'm just calling to see about the opportunity to present the ministry to your church. Uh, my number is blah, 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 blah. Again, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, I'm getting to that point. Again, my, uh, my days are numbered here. 
I got a few spots to fill up, but God it just fills them on his own. And, and uh, so anyway, but what we got going on here, we're at the Lake of Genesaret. So um, I know you guys are well taught here, but we're at the Sea of Galilee. Again, we're 60 miles north of, of Jerusalem. And uh, actually this area, that lake and all around that area uh, is where the Lord Jesus Christ did probably over half of his miracles. And uh, you know what? That, that water uh, is excellent. Uh, they, 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 uh, they've said that it, it's... it's termed, you know, cool and sweet and blue and all those types of things. It's good for fishing. Uh, again, the mountains around that, that lake are anywhere from 1,700 feet uh, to 500 feet. And again, the, uh, uh, it's notorious for uh, bad, uh, rough waters. In fact, we had some people in our church that went there, and they were on that Sea of Galilee, and wouldn't you know it, you know, probably two feet, foot, foot waves, it was real choppy, bouncing around. Again, it's just the way, the way the wind comes off of those things and just down into that thing. And again, it's the same thing where we live. We, we live right below a ginormous lake, and that lake will act like a funnel system, and, and that wind, it gets pretty hairy. Uh, but that's where we're at. We're at the Sea of uh, Galilee. And again, you know, the Lord is in uh, year number one. Year number one of his three and a half year public ministry uh, in John, uh, sorry, Luke chapter three verse twenty one. Uh, the Lord is baptized, and uh, here now he's ready to launch out and do something for God. Now he's going to start picking his men. Uh, but you know, um, before he was ready to set out uh, his course, uh, he had a Luke chapter four, and we know that in the beginning of Luke chapter four was the uh, the temptation in the wilderness. And folks, if you and I want to do something for the Lord, uh, we're going to have a Luke chapter four. Uh, we're going to be tempted, we're going to be uh, tried to be led away, uh, steered away from the will of God to do anything for God. That's just the way that it is. All those that will live godly in Christ Jesus shall suffer persecution. You want to do something for God if you're suffering? That's one way of knowing you're doing something for God. Are you suffering for it? But this is where we're at. The people have pressed him upon the, uh, the shores of Galilee, and would to God that people would press against the church doors to hear the word of God. I really wish we were in those days, but we're certainly not. But, you know, they wanted to hear the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to see the miracles and everything else that he had done. And, uh, you know, he needs a, he, he's got a problem, and he needs a solution. And there is a solution to every problem. And he looked around, and he saw Peter, and he said, Peter, I need to board your boat. I need you to launch out here a little bit so I can speak to the people. Uh, but, Peter, when we're done this, I want you to launch out into the deep. I need you to cast out your nets. Let them down for a drop. And uh, we know Peter re resisted a little bit. He was a little reluctant, again, because of the uh, zero catch the night before. Uh, but, you know, he, he obeyed, and uh, God blessed it and everything else. But, you know, this was a turning point for these four men, uh, Peter, Andrew, James, and John. Whereas they are, up until this point, they are commercial fishermen. But the Lord's got something else for them. They're going to make them a, a fishers of men. And if you are saved in here today, that is your calling as well. Regardless of what you do, you're called to be a fisherman. And so I want to preach on this title, What It Takes for Successful Spiritual Fishing. What it takes for successful spiritual fishing. I'll try and get you out of here uh, as quickly as possible. Again, I want to use this passage as maybe some particular instructions that how God can, uh, you know, uh, for us maybe as a church or even as an individual, uh, and better reaching the lost. And, and folks, we're, we're, we're certainly living in different times, uh, that is for sure. But you know what, we need to be careful that we don't excuse um, in the time in which we are living, coming up with excuses why we're not seeing any results, uh, the signs of the times, you know, the methods that were used 20 to 30 years ago, you know, they're not working like they did today. How about, the, you know, we got religious scams that are almost almost every week there's something going on, and, you know, that are turning people away from hearing the gospel, and, of course, now we got COVID-19. And, you know, I was a little leery on getting tracks. I was like, man, are they, you know, are they going to blow the whistle? Are they going to try and have me arrested? Uh, are they going to think that I'm, I'm passing on the coronavirus? 
Well, this is what the Lord gave me uh, just a few weeks back. He said, listen, son, uh, if they can go to the restaurants and if they can get their hair done and their nails done and their toes done and they can get gas and they can go to the bank and they can go to Walmart and all those things, they can get a track. I thought, yeah, you're right. Absolutely. And uh, so anyway, started getting back into it with no fear. And because uh, that's what I can just say, hey, man, you're, you're doing this and da, 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 you can do it. So anyway, folks, again, we need to be careful that we're not excusing ourselves, especially in the time in which we live. Well, you know what? It's the, uh, the Laodicean period. We know there's going to be a great fall. You know, it's going to be cold, lukewarm, all those types of things. No. Uh, see, my Bible says that it, uh, God's not willing that any should perish. The questions we need to ask ourselves is, are we willing? Are we willing that any should perish? Folks, I got lost loved ones. I got a mom. I've got a dad. I've got sisters, nieces and nephews that are dying and going to hell. And you realize that if you have that as well, if they are not found written in the book of life, I can guarantee you this, that at the great white throne judgment, you're going to be there, and I'm going to be there, and I'm going to see them be cast in the lake of fire. Sad, but it's true. It's reality. We need to think about this. We need to think about this. Again, verse number two, and saw two ships standing by the lake, but the fishermen were gone out of them and were washing the nets. First thing I'd have us consider is the location of the vessel. Location of the vessel. Again, this verse, verse number uh, two tells us the first must, if we're going to be successful, uh, is recognizing the location of the vessel. Uh, is it here or is it out there? See, that boat was not where it was supposed to be. It was tied up on the shore. Uh, whether it was pulled up onto the shore or, again, it was anchored close to the shore. Again, if that is its job is to bring in fish, net fulls of fish, it's not where it's supposed to be. And, folks, the church needs to be out there where the lost fish are. I think you and I all agree, we need to be out there. Again, if we're going to seek success, we need to be where they are. Preacher, why is it some Christians or churches never see any lost souls saved? Well, it could be uh, that the, uh, the church, the people of the church, have contented themselves to come within the four walls, uh, listen to the message and go on for the rest of the week, you know, busy about whatever it is they're doing. Uh, it might be that the people inside of a church uh, do not even have a burden uh, for a soul, and what a sad thing. Because if they claimed salvation, someone had to tell them. Someone had to lead them to Christ themselves. And we ought to have a burden for a soul. I praise God for the man that led me to Christ. It was a work. I cursed him. I mocked him. I mocked him. I, I, everything I could do to get a laugh out of my buddies, I did it at his expense. And, but you know what? He stayed faithful. He stayed faithful. And uh, I'm standing here because of his faithfulness. His faithfulness. Isn't it true that there's plenty of churches out there just waiting for lost sinners to come into those doors? You would hope. That's what they'd be waiting for. But you know what? They're, they're, you know what? They're, uh, how they soul win most of these churches? Uh, they put a everyone welcome on their sign. That's it. That's, that's their form of soul winning. In fact, I was in, uh, in uh, Portland going through there. I was at one church, and they had a uh, sign pushed into the ground, and, and they had welcome on, on every side. On both sides, it had rainbow flag. That's it. That's how, they're, that's how they're bringing these people in. Folks, we've got to go to them. They are not coming in the church door. Uh, we would have better luck of going out onto a lake, sitting in the boat, waiting for a fish to jump in, than we would a lost person to come in through these doors, sit down here and, and hear the gospel. It's not happening. We've got to go there. You know, again, we, we focus on heaven. It's going to be great. I've got a mansion. We're talking about streets of gold. Uh, we're going to be with the Lord. We're going to be with the saints and everything else. There's going to be no pain, suffering, or anything like that. I'm going to be on my cloud strumming my harp. It's going to be wonderful. But, folks, there's a judgment seat of Christ coming. And what we do down here for the Lord Jesus Christ is the only thing that's going to last up there. Everything else is going to be torched. Folks, we've got to go. Again, no go is no show. You'll have nothing for it. Folks, we can, we can earn a crown to cast at Jesus Christ. Again, we're looking at the location of the vessel. 
Again, I, I believe that since COVID-19 has gripped the world, sadly, more Christians are content in staying within the harbor than they are being out on the lake. Folks, we've got to go. Do you realize that too many Christians have lost the go in the gospel? Think about that word go. It's a very integral part of the Great Commission. Uh, Matthew 28 and 19, go ye therefore and teach all nations. Uh, Mark 16, 15, go ye in all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Uh, how about John 15, 16, you've not chosen me, but I've chosen you and ordained you that you should go and bring forth fruit. Folks, we're told to go. We need to go. I think most churches nowadays, well, you know what, we dress right, we talk right, we smell right, we look right, we got all these right things, we got the right Bible, well, that ought to be enough to bring them out. No, we've got to go. Jesus Christ said, you know, the Bible says that he must needs go through Samaria. We know that the woman at the well was there. And she met Christ that day and many got saved because of it. Folks, we need to go. The maniac of Gadara, Jesus Christ went to him. Again, we need to go. We need to go. Again, if you're a part of this church, it needs your help. It does not need your help to warm up the aquarium. That's what we got furnaces for. Uh, we need to get out there. Your pastor needs help with it, so we need to go. So we've seen the location of the vessel. Uh, secondly, uh, the Lord in the vessel. Again, the Lord in the vessel in uh, verse number 3. And he entered into one of the ships, which was Simon's, and he prayed him that he thrust out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the people out of the ship. Verse number 4. Now when they, had, uh, when they had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a drop. Again, you know, it's a great step of obedience when, when a church or the people of the church uh, see the need to get the gospel out there and they act upon it and they get it out there. But would you notice that when, when Peter obeyed and he did launch his boat in, into the deep waters, uh, that he had Jesus Christ with him? You know, Christ, it doesn't say, okay, Peter, when I'm done speaking to these people, I want you to uh, bring me back to the shore. Uh, he didn't say, you know what, Peter, I got this. I'll just walk back to the shore. No, no, what we find from verse number 3 to verse number 10 is that the Lord Jesus Christ is with Peter the whole time. The whole time. What am I saying? Well, you know what, if we're going to be successful, it's, it's, it's more than just having, you know, the right boat and the biggest, fanciest motor and the best nets and the best rigging and, and all of that stuff. It's more than that. We need to have the power and the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ with this here. We're going to be sick. In fact, Jesus said, without me, you can do nothing in John 15, 5. Well, you might say, well, you know what? I, I've learned the Roman road, and I'm going to grab some tracks, and I've got a KJV Bible. I'm just going to get out there and, and pound on some doors. It's noble and admirable and everything else. But again, if you're going not prayered up, and you haven't sought the Lord Jesus Christ and the power of the Spirit of God, I don't think it's going to be uh, availing very much. It's not. It's just not. Isn't it true that those men the night before... They had all the same everything, and yet there was no success. What was the difference? Christ showed up. Christ was with them in the boat. Again, isn't it true that Peter's in the boat, it was just another boat that day. If you were to look at that boat, I'm sure that it looked all the same. It was just another boat, another way to eke out a living. It was just business until the Lord showed up. And then it became a place of closeness, fellowship, and fruitfulness. Christ made all the difference. Well, you know what? In, uh, in Acts chapter, hold your place here in Acts chapter 11, verse 21. I just want to show you the results of, of the Lord. In, ver, in chapter number 8, you know, Paul was there. He was consenting to the death and all that stuff. And then the uh, Christians were scattered abroad. What we find here is that they are scattered abroad in verse number 19. It says, upon the uh, persecution of Stephen. And, uh, but they continue to preach. In verse number 21, this is what I want us to see. And the hand of the Lord was with them, and a great number believed and turned unto the Lord. 
Again, the hand of the Lord was with them. Again, the Lord Jesus Christ. In fact, in, in John chapter 21, in, uh, in, in verse, or chapter 20, uh, Jesus Christ showed himself to the disciples. Of course, Thomas wasn't there and everything else. And so he left. And, and, uh, and so they explained to Thomas, you know, hey, the Lord was here. Yeah, yeah, sure. Uh, except I can do this and, and do this, I'm not going to believe. And again, so eight days later, Christ pops in and says, Thomas, I want you to do this and do this. And he said, you know, my Lord, my God, yeah, because you've done these things, you believe, but blessed are they that have not seen. So anyway, that's where we're at. But in, in chapter 21, Peter says this. He grabs, of course, Doubting Thomas and a couple other men, the sons of Zebedee and all this. Well, I, I go a fishing. Peter, you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing. But he says, I'm going to go fishing. And uh, in verse number three, it says, you know, they, they cast their nets out uh, and they got nothing. Uh, and then later on that day, Jesus Christ shows up and he said, children, have you any meat? No, 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 we got skunked. How about let it down on the other side? And again, another great multitude of fishes and everything else. And then they realized who it was. Christ shows up and it was different. You know, it, uh, when the Lord shows up, it's special. It's special for several reasons. One, because of who shows up there. Uh, it's special because the redeemed are here. Uh, more so because the Redeemer is here. Uh, it's special what we do here. The Almighty God is praised, the Son of God is preached, and the saints of God are perfected. Uh, but also what we find here is food, food for our souls, uh, freedom from our setbacks, and fellowship with the saints. Again, when the Lord shows up, uh, it's different. Do you realize when you guys are not here, and if you were to drive, it, there's nothing special about this at all. Drywall, windows, some fans, some metal, brick, whatever. But again, when, when you show up and the Lord shows up, it's just different. We want it to be different. Do you know that boat became a place of instruction that day? Uh, because not only did the people in that, on the shore learn some things that day, Peter and the men learned some things that day. Do you know that boat was also a place of irritation? I uh, see, because Peter got a little complacent, got a little casual about fruitlessness. Uh, well, you know what, we, we, uh, we didn't get nothing. Well, maybe we'll try another. But you know what, God, Christ said, get out there again and let them down. And you know what, it should irritate us. If we've not handed out a track in any length of time, if we've not told somebody about the Lord Jesus Christ or invited somebody to church in any length of time, uh, if we've not led anyone to Jesus Christ, it should irritate us. Let it irritate you. It's good. But you know that boat was also a place of inspiration uh, because Peter was convinced that the fishing was done that day. It's done. It's where Israel is probably 140 degrees. It's the middle of the day, and yet Christ sends him out there. And, you know, he filled his nets, and he was inspired. And when you are faithful and obedient to get the gospel out, regardless of what you have to go through, God will bless. He'll give you a good witness. He'll provide a door of utterance. He might even lead, you, lead somebody to Christ. Again, you'll be inspired to do more. We've seen location of the vessel, Lord in the vessel. Thirdly, the liberal in the vessel. And I don't mean a Democrat. That's not what I mean. We need somebody that's open to new behaviors and opinions, willing to uh, discard maybe the old-fashioned ways, try something a little new. See, Peter was closed-minded. What we find in verse number uh, 4 and 5, it says, Now when he had left speaking, he said unto Simon, Launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a draught. Verse number 5, And Simon answering said, uh, said unto him, Master, uh, we have toiled all the night and taken nothing, nevertheless that they were to will let down the net. What we got going on here is by occupation, Peter is a trained commercial fisherman. That's his job. And if you were to look over in uh, Mark chapter 6, verse number 3, what you're going to find is, is the Bible tells us that Christ is a carpenter. Picture it. You've got a carpenter telling a fisherman how to do his job. And uh, you know what? It doesn't sit well with, with Peter. In fact, when I, uh, again, I'm a preacher, not much in one. I don't claim to be. I, I don't desire to be. What I desire to be is a soul winner, a soul winner. 
But you know, my wife, when again, when I had that time off, I, uh, I would jump into the kitchen and, and uh, start mixing stuff and start adding stuff. And well, it needs this and all this stuff. And my wife would come in and, and give me a spoon to the backside and say, hey, get out of here. So listen, man, I don't go into your garage and tell you how to change the oil. Don't come into my kitchen and tell me how to cook. That's what we got going on here. It's like a mechanic telling a surgeon how to do it. It just doesn't work. It doesn't work. And that doesn't surprise us why Peter was a little uh, reluctant. You know, Christ knew a lot more about fishing than Peter gave it credit for. Number one, he knew that there was nothing wrong with Peter's boat. There was no reason why it could not be in the water. See, when, when Peter, or when Jesus Christ was, was preaching to the people, uh, he didn't have to look back and see P Peter, you know, bailing out water or pounding in some boards back into place or applying glue or whatever. He didn't have to do that. And you know what? The Lord knows that this church or a church is fit for the task to get the gospel out, even as individuals. Well, I don't know what to say. Oh, uh, you know, I'm scared and all this thing. You know, we all get scared. That, that's just this. It doesn't want to do anything remotely spiritual. You just need to get victory over it. Pray for boldness. But again, God knows we are fit for the task. Give a testimony. Give a testimony. It's powerful. You know, uh, Christ also knew uh, if it was daytime in the heat of the day, he knew where the fish were. He knew where the fish were. Uh, why didn't Peter know that? You're an experienced fisherman. Why do you know they're going to be in the deepest, coldest parts of the, of the water? They're going to be nowhere near the shore. Uh, and again, you know what? Jesus knows where the fish are here, and it might be that we've got to go a little farther, a little farther out into the waters. Uh, you know, I, um, I believe that a, a fish can be over... I, can, I, I think we can overfish an area, and I, I think that fish can get a little savvy to, to the hook. You know, uh, it's a different bait, but the hook is the same. And, you know, our church, too, like, we'll, we'll go through a track, and then we change the look of our track because when people see the same track, so, yeah, we, we know what that's all about. So we try and trick them and, and put a new cover on it or something like that. But, again, you know, uh, uh, as a cattle farmer, I used to work for a cattle farmer, and we used to cross-pasteurize our cattle. You know what I mean? So they would, um, you know, we'd, they would eat one down to basically the mud, and then we'd just kick them over to the next one and kick them over to the next one. And that way it gives this one a break, gives this one a break, and so we just did that. It might be that we've got to give a specific area a break for a while and try something new, a different area. Again, Christ knows all that. Christ knows all that. You know, I, I believe, you know, again, Peter really struggled with a non-fisherman telling a fisherman how to do his job. And I taught this to my students, um, Sunday school students. Partial obedience is still disobedience. Again, this is why Peter struggled. What do I mean? He didn't fully obey. I'm sure you've seen this, but in verse number four. Now when he left speaking, said unto Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets. Florida draw. Nets, plural. All of them. Peter, let them all down. What's his response? Because he knows better. Remember, he knows better than Jesus Christ. Verse number five. Simon answering, sit on a master who toiled all the night, taking nothing, nevertheless, at thy word, I'll let down the net. Singular. Peter knew better. Now, you don't know what you're talking about, Lord. It's the heat of the day. Or he didn't even call him Lord yet. Still master. Heat of the day, middle of the day, hot, hot, hot. Listen, I spent all night, all morning, washing my nets. I'm not dirtying them all for nothing. And, uh, but anyway, Christ proved him wrong. He knows more. He knows, well, preacher, I've tried soul winning war. It just didn't work, so there's no sense trying that again. Well, maybe you went uh, in your own strength. Maybe you went with no faith, no expectations of God blessing that day. But you know what? We've got some instructions. We've seen one already. Mark 16, 15, uh, he said, And said unto them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are you going? Are you going into this lost world with the gospel? 
How about uh, in Psalm 126, 5 and 6? They that sow in tears shall reap in joy. He that goeth forth and weepeth, bearing precious seed. Is this precious to you? Are you willing to bear it? Shall doubtless come again rejoicing, bringing their sheaves with them. When was the last time you were broken about a lost soul? Uh, again, I've got a mom and I've got a dad and, and siblings and, and nieces and nephews uh, that are dying and going to hell. Um, I was at a uh, church this morning, and uh, the woman, she was saved or whatever, probably young in a Christian, but, you know, we were singing it as well with your soul. Man, she was just busted up. She couldn't even sing. Uh, it reminded me in, in my young, early years of, of uh, Christianity getting saved, and I knew what the Lord had saved me from and everything else, and, and to hear those types of songs. Again, when was the last time we, we were broken? Is it, We're so frustrated with Democrats and everything else in this country that, you know what, we fail to see that they're dying and going to hell. There's a soul there that Jesus Christ came here and died for, but yet, mm, yeah, yeah, no, we're, we're better than them. We got our salvation checked out. We're good. We're good. Sad, sad. If our gospel be hid, it's hid to them that are lost. Just remember that. Uh, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it uh, after many days in the morning. Sow thy seed, and in the evening withhold not thine hound, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, whether both uh, shall be good alike. Again, are you getting these out? Do you realize if you handed out three of these a day for one year, you'd handed over a thousand out? How many have you got out so far? How many did you get out last year? You know, it seems to me that we walk past that track rock. Yeah, you know what? Maybe we need to change the position of it. We might think, whoa, when did that get there? Well, it, it was just over two feet. I had a pastor say, you know what? He said, uh, folks, our track rock is full all the time. But he said this, it's not because we're refilling it. It's because nobody's taking the tracks. Sad, sad, isn't it? Man, we'll race home and grab our, because we forgot our cell phone. <laughs> you know, oh, hold on, I've got I to move these tracks because they're covering my cell phone, and you know, then, then we'll go on with our day. We've got to get it into our mind, carry these in our pockets, wallets, whatever we've got to do, but they got to work. Listen, these are, full, these are 24 hour, seven days a week missionaries. You don't have to feed them. Uh, you don't have to house them. Uh, you don't have to give them love offerings. And you know what? Actually, we should have taken the love offering first because I probably would have got a bigger one. Um, but anyway, uh, so that we need to get these out, folks. We need to get them out. Tracks work. I gave a testimony to your, to your pastor, and uh, I, I was suicidal. Suicidal because of the sin and the burden that I had. And uh, I don't know if I told him, about, but anyway, someone gave me a track just after I almost shot myself. Uh, I was hunting. And I had to fight the temptation to shoot my dad. My, it was the worst that I had to fight it. I was hunting, and I, I just, I had to get rid of the gun. It was getting too scary. But right after that, a man gave me a track. And uh, it talked about the uh, origins of sin, why we sin, and everything else. And then uh, halfway down on the third page, it said, uh, do you feel guilty? And do you feel sorrow for your sins? And when I read that, I said, yeah, that's exactly what's going on in my life. The guilt and the sorrow that I carried for sin for all of those years, God had threw it on my sin, but that's how he worked in my life. Again, tracks, folks, we need to get them out. We don't know what they're going to do because you, you, you just don't know. How about pray there for the Lord of the harvest? Are we praying for these younger than us that God will bring them into the ministry, that they will be faithful at soul winning? What are they seeing in your household? Are they seeing you faithful? Coming to door knocking, I don't know how you do it or whatever. We, we have it every two weeks. Are they seeing you faithful at it? What are they seeing? Are we more faithful at this than getting the gospel out? Folks, we need to get it out. We need to get it out. I have planted Apollos water and God gave the increase. Do you realize that some seed will not take the first time? I know that in Canada. You might have a dry land. Uh, you might just have the flags and the shoots coming up. You get a frost. It's going to kill them all. And the devil, we know that. You know, he'll try and take the word out quickly, quickly. 
That's why we've got to repent. Anybody here get saved the first time they heard the gospel? First time. First time. I know I didn't. It took years. Probably two, two and a half years, three years. Again, folks, what am I saying? Um, just because we, we get that verse in Ezekiel, say, you know, uh, we've given them the gospel and say, whew, their blood is no longer on my hands. Praise the Lord. No, 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 no. If you really cared, you'd give it to them again and again and again. We've got to get it to them. We've seen the location of the vessel, Lord in the vessel, liberal in the vessel. Real quick, real quick. Load in the vessel. Verse number six and seven. And when they had this done, they enclosed the great multitude of fishes and their net break, and they beckoned unto their partners, uh, which were on the other ship, that they should come and help them. And they came and filled both ships so that they began to sink. Do you know Peter was tired? He was defeated. He was frustrated. He was filled with doubt. But you know when he obeyed the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, it worked. And you know had he stayed on the shore washing his nest this day, he, they would have missed out on some miracles. Number one, they would have missed out obviously on the great drought of fishes. They would have missed out on that. Secondly, they would have missed out. Uh, uh, the blessings would have overflowed. You know, they, the blessings overflowed that thing. And when you're faithful and you're obedient and God blesses you and you share that, uh, that's a blessing to everybody else. Again, obedience. They had a renewed awe. You know, Peter's attitude about Christ changed. Verse number five, he says, Master, we've toiled all the night, nevertheless. But in verse number eight, we find, depart from me. I'm a sinful man, O oh, Lord. He realized who he was. And it, could it be that you've got a little casual, a little complacent about the greatness of your God? Uh, in fact, is he still uh, as great as he was the day that you trusted him and received him as your Savior? Or maybe you've gotten a little cold. You know, it was a, a directional change for Peter and those men. It would not have happened if they stayed on that shore and not done what the Lord required. Again, this was where they were once excited about wiggly little fish in verse number 9. In verse number 11, they had a direction to change. They were going to follow Christ. And you know what? You're not going to realize it. God might have a far greater goal for you, but you will not realize it if you do not obey the Lord Jesus Christ. And in doing that, it might be that the Lord, you know, in fact, those men, three of those men, wrote books in the Bible that we still read. 2,000 years later. Hadn't it happened, uh, they stayed washing their nets. Again, I don't know what the Lord's telling. Again, load in the vessel, we've got to keep in mind. We're living in 2021, COVID days and everything else. We need to be seeking the Lord and asking Him, Lord, how do you want us to get out the gospel? There's got to be different ways. We've got to be more intuitive of getting the gospel out. We've got to outsmart the fish to get the gospel out. Get the gospel. Again, they're trying to stop it. In Canada, they're trying to stop it. You can't even, as a missionary, you cannot even get into a church in Canada. And so, folks, we've got to take advantage of it while we can because the day is coming when no man shall work. We've got to get the gospel. And, uh, again, our church didn't always do the things that we did, but, again, the Lord, uh, when he told us, hey, I've got another way to cast out your nets, this is how I want you to do it. Okay, Lord, we're going to do it, but, you know, you'll always have a naysayer. Uh, you know, we tried something like that before. It didn't work. It didn't work. Again, we're going to be obedient. If we want to see him save souls, if we want to see him add souls until the church is overflowing, we must learn to let down the nets when, where, and how he tells us to do it. Doing it God's way is the secret to success. God, remember, he can do anything but fail. So that I would encourage you, what's the Lord dealing with you today? Maybe you were faithful once to get in the gospel out. Maybe you tried uh, directing your conversations uh, to the things of God, to church or anything, just to try and get that going. Maybe you're faithful, maybe you're not so faithful anymore. Maybe you're faithful at getting tracks out, and maybe, you know, just things have just cooled off. Again, life is busy. We're distracted with everything else. But you know what? None of this matters. None of this matters. Only what we do for Christ. Only what we do for Christ. I could have I just said, you know what? Mm, I'm going to skip some meetings. I'm going back home. And uh, you know what? I'm just going to stretch this thing out. No, no, no. 
I put the Lord's needs before my own and my family's own, and the results are God is blessing it. He's honoring it. When you put him first, he'll never put you second. Again, may it be true from the moment we get saved until the day we're taken home that we're casting the gospel net. We're getting it out there, getting it out. Again, God has called every one of us to be a fisherman. So you have a choice. You know, you can think to yourself, I'm done. I'm, I'm done with this. I'll leave you with this. Either you're one of two people right now. Either you are faithfully getting those gospel nets out or you're standing on the shore just washing your net. Whatever it is, let's God, ask God to help us. God, we love you. We thank you for the day. Again, thank you for the opportunity uh, to present uh, this text. Uh, Lord, again, you're not willing that any should perish. Sometimes, Lord, I think we get distracted, we get inward, we get a little selfish and everything else, but that is still the Great Commission, is to go into all the world, Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria, the uttermost parts of the earth, to get the gospel out. Father, you'd have all men to be saved, and it's our responsibility, it's our job. This is what you've put on us. We are to be a light. You're no longer in this earth, so we are to be the light and the salt of the earth and everything else. God, we need to get the gospel out. I want to see more souls saved. And again, help us not to excuse the reason why we ought not to do it or anything like that. Again, Father, you still love this world for God. So love the world. Again, help us, Lord. You've entrusted us with the gospel. May we be faithful in getting it out. Well, thank you in Jesus' name. Amen.